Alright, welcome back in. Believe in the Wolf Pack after a mini hiatus, but what are you gonna do? We're gonna get right into it. Uh, recording this just after NC State lost to Syracuse, so can't even really enjoy the big win over Clemson at Clemson, but what are you gonna do? That's college basketball. It uh, moves quickly, and you know, just three hours ago, I was feeling much better about the team than I am right now because, I mean, that loss was horrific. That loss was terrible. Played zero defense. You play even, you know, 50%. You care you, minimal effort defensively in the first half. Probably win this game by five, six points. You gave up 55 points in the first half. 26 points to Bell, who was eight for eight from three. That dude couldn't miss. He wasn't even shooting the ball. He was just throwing it with his eyes closed behind his back with one arm, and it was falling. I mean, that was ridiculous. Couldn't – I mean, the miscommunications, looking like there's no chemistry. Guys not picking each other up, not really just trying at all in the first half defensively was terrible. But, honestly, I kind of want to start with the final possession, uh, the final offensive possession that, you know, you could have tied the game. You were down by two. You're only down by two. You didn't need a three. A three to win would have been great, but you just needed a two to tie the game. Entry pass in, I think it was uh, O'Connell bringing up the ball. And then Horn goes off those the off-ball screens on the far side in the corner. And then he has, like, zero space to work with, dribbling around a bit, trying to create crossover step back, little half and half, whatever, blah, 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 and just tosses up a shot trying to draw a foul. Why? What are we doing? We're in the double bonus. You don't need to try to foul bait. They already kind of know you can't foul because you're gonna they're gonna send you to the free throw line. Why are you trying to just toss up a shot? You still had time to pull it back out and reset. Burns really wasn't open in the post, I thought, kinda open, but it would have been, you know, had to be a quick post move or dish it back out to somebody else. But why is DJ Horn, why are we trying to just toss up that shot? And it wasn't close. No one was going to get an offensive rebound. If you hit the rim, maybe someone was going to get an offensive rebound. I'm pretty sure Diara, I know Burns is in the game. I'm pretty sure Diara was on the near side block where Burns is on the far side, or I guess, you know, in relation to Horn, Burns is on the near side. But they were both in the game, so maybe get an offensive rebound if it can hit the rim, but it wasn't even close. So the, the shot selection was terrible. It was a dumb shot. It was a bad shot. I think DJ Horn will be the first one to tell you that. You know, he had 32 points, shot 50% from the field, but that was a terrible shot. I think, you know, he, he'll tell you that, like I said. But what's the play call there? What are we doing? Why are we boxing him in to just that side? Why not start? Why not let him just start with it? Get a handoff, work an off-ball screen, and then move to the top of the key or even the wing. Why is he going to the corner? Maybe that's where he's most comfortable. I don't think so, honestly. I think he's the most comfortable where he has space. He had no space in that corner. Even then, even if he was going to drive baseline, Burns' man could have just sagged off and played help defense, and they could have rotated, which at times Syracuse played great kind of just rotation and, and help defense. But Horn had the jump shot going. He was hitting threes. He was in the mid-range. Why are we just kind of boxing him in and making him play in the corner on that side? On the baseline, he really only had the baseline to work with. If he was going to try to drive back towards the middle, it really 
wouldn't have worked out. There's no space over there. So why not let him start at least bare minimum on the wing or just start with the ball? Like, I get it. You may have tried to just get a quick, you know, jump shot, you know, right off of it. Just, you know, boom, flare off the screen, pull up from the pass and just hit a jumper three something. But then you give time for Syracuse to answer. So if you're just looking for which I sometimes I think the clock is, you know, you worry about the clock too much in these late game situations as a coach and a player. If you just need a bucket to tie it, to send it into overtime, don't even think about the clock. Just Go for the best shot possible with whatever time is left, which I think could – I could say the same for the offensive possession with about 50 seconds left. When Horn, you know, they got to stop defensively. They were was – it, was it tied? Yeah, it was tied. It was tied. So a bucket, you take the lead again with under a minute. Horn goes off a pick and roll with – was it – I'm pretty sure it was Diara because DJ Burns wasn't even on the offensive end yet. Why are we hustling? We don't need a two for one. We're not going for a two-for-one. Their defense was set. They had their five back. We only had four. Just wait. Just wait for Burns to get across and then get into your offense and get the best look possible. Why are we trying to just do this run and gun towards the end of the game when it's tied? Wait for the best shot and then trust your defense. That was miles, light years measurement that I can't even comprehend levels better in the second half. Only allowed 32 points in the second half compared to 55 in the first. Just to trust your defense. And the only reason that they got the two-point lead was because of a foul at the end, which, you know, what are you going to do? It was a foul. But you were playing great defense. You were playing phenomenal defense in the second half. It just looked like you wanted to be there more. It looked like you were more just a cohesive unit, like you wanted to play together and play for each other. And then you're just running and you're trying to rush a shot because you just want to get a bucket off. But you're not even set offensively. But still, just get it to Horn at the top of the key on the final possession. Get him at the top of the key on the wing. Get him some space to where you can go off a pick and roll. You have a guy to work with, Diara or Burns or even Taylor. Who knows? He can at least have more of, you know, head of steam, work downhill towards the bucket from the top of the key or the wing rather than in that corner where – if you set a screen for somebody, an on-ball screen for somebody in the corner, I, I don't know what your plan is there. That's not going to work. You have no space to work with. The ball handler or the man that's going to roll or fade off of it. You have zero space. It, it's just going to be defended easily. So I don't get that at all. Unless it was specifically, so specifically designed to just get off a quick shot, then I kind of see the vision. But it didn't look like that. It looks like you went to the corner so you could let DJ Horn kind of work with it a bit. And even then, Syracuse sniffed it out immediately that you were going to go to that quick shot. So I, you just, I don't get it. I don't get it. I hated that last play call. I think it was a very good kind of representation of the game tonight where it, it, it was just poor execution on all levels. Because there were at times where... I mean, even there was uh, – DJ Burns got a bucket. I forget if it was a tie of the game or to bring it into two, but he gets a layup through some contact, doesn't get the call, and, and you know, Syracuse has to inbound it because we just made a shot. And then flying down the other end was uh, Copeland. I'm already forgetting his name. It was Copeland. Yeah, it was Copeland flying down the other end, and he gets the, the and one on Burns that resulted in a flagrant. 
Barnes makes the shot, but he's the first one back on defense. I mean, he was late on defense, but he was he made the shot under the bucket. And you're asking him to sprint the entire length of the floor after making the bucket and be the first one back on defense? That's why he committed the foul. I don't really blame him for that. Someone else has got to get back and just, just establish the defense. It doesn't always have to be Burns. Whenever he makes a shot, you shouldn't be expecting him to just haul back on defense. Someone's got to pick him up there. Someone's got to be like, hey, I got you. Take your time. You know, we'll switch when you get back down here, whatever, because Syracuse is inbounding the ball, so they have to take the extra time. So somebody else should get back. And It, it, it was terrible. That just showed me it was just laziness. And, just, and, and Keats just not kind of putting the emphasis out there to just get back on defense, just a, a lapse in judgment, a lapse in decision-making, a lapse overall. It was, it was terrible. And then again, just Bell just on fire from the first half was absurd. Close out on him. Why did it take until the second half to realize, hey, maybe we shouldn't let this guy breathe on on the perimeter? He was wide open and just working he didn't even have to, you know, create it for himself. A lot of them, most of his threes, if not all of them, were just catch-and-shoot threes. As I'm looking at the box score right now, there was a three that he had wide open on the near side corner. Nobody even got a hand up. No one even made an effort. I mean, how did it take until the second half to realize, hey, maybe we should stop this guy? And he did. And he did. It took halftime adjustments for him not to score again, but... Was it that hard to say during a timeout, hey, uh, Casey, hey, Jaden, hey, Horn, hey, whoever, stick in front of him the entire time. Don't let him have an inch of separation on the three-point line. Just it, Don't let him get open under any circumstances. Go over on all screens, fight through, communicate, just everybody. Key on him, do not let him score. I guess what was lost in translation was – Copeland getting 25 points and seven rebounds and an assist. And even Mintz, I think he had all 15 points in in the second half. I mean, that was just a terrible. I mean, what are we now? Three and six in the last nine? And even one of them being against Clemson is ridiculous to think about now. But that loss was just horrible. That I mean, the second half, you were there. You had plenty of chances. Just the execution was pitiful. I mean, my God, that last play, that last play call was awful. The last, the, the execution, that's on the players. That's on, I mean, it's on, it's on Horn and Keats specifically Horn because, you know, I mean, he had 32 points tonight. You know, sometimes the blame's going to fall on him, but then he's going to get the praise like he did against Clemson with the with pretty much a game-winning layup. But now he's going to get some criticism for the terrible shot that he had. And Keats is going to get back to his criticism with, that's an awful play call. I mean, again, the only thing that I can see as to why that was called and why it could have been a smart call is if Horn took the shot immediately. If he just went straight up and shot the ball. If he just caught it, boom, straight up, jumper, even if it was contested. But I don't think that's what it was I think it was designed to get him you know to just create make some space try to get a shot off himself or something which was very stupid very stupid bad game bad game bad game 
just, just, just such a bad loss. Such a bad loss. I mean, we were, what, 75th in the net rankings. So we're already, we've been on the outside looking in the entire time. You just picked up a quad one win, and then you drop this one, which, is this considered a quad one win for Syracuse? Since they were on the road, ahead of them, we were ahead of them in the standings, winning record, uh, it might be. But even then, Syracuse, I mean, they're, what are they now? I mean, pretty much the same as us, or almost better. They're 17-10 and 10 overall. And eight and eight in conference play, but they have more impressive wins. I mean, you just beat you just beat North Carolina, they beat Duke. But I don't know. Next four games, the final or five games, pardon me. Can I count? Yeah, I can. Final five games for the Wolfpack. Uh the first of the final five this Saturday, I believe it is, against Boston College, and then at Florida State, at North Carolina. Home against Duke and away at Pitt. Only two more home games. Only two more. Three more if you count it tonight. And you kind of blew the first one. Got another chance against Boston College, who you beat in overtime way earlier this year. It was in the year 2023. (laughs) They beat Boston College. But going to take a short break for a moment when we come back gonna get into some you know women's basketball again they've still been much more positive (laughs) picking up another huge win over Notre Dame and just barely sneaking one out but still it's a win over Georgia Tech and then maybe some final thoughts on uh this game from the men's team and maybe even where to go from here Welcome back in. Believe in the Wolfpack. Gonna, you know, real quick, just go over the uh, women's team because they're on a nice little three-game win streak after the loss to Virginia Tech a few weeks ago. Virginia Tech is now eighth in the country for women's basketball. They've been on a heater. They're first in the ACC, 13-2 and conference record, 22-4 and overall. They've won some Big games. They're on, uh, yeah, they're on a huge winning streak. Haven't lost since, what was the date on this game against Clemson? Are they going to give that to me? Or am I going to have to find it myself? I'm going to have to, January 21st. Have not lost since January 21st. (laughs) That's a month. Without a loss. What is this, a 10-game winning streak? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. Nine-game winning streak. I mean, they lost two in a row before that, but they're on a nine-game winning streak with wins over Syracuse, North Carolina, NC State, and Louisville in that span. So, on an absolute heater. I mean, good for them, but also relax. Maybe lose a game. God, chill. <laughs> um, but no, the Wolfpack... Obviously beat Notre Dame. Final score was 59 to 43 in that game. Honestly, one of one of those games that never felt close to begin with. Just felt like we were gonna roll them the entire time. But just barely sneaking out a win over Georgia Tech. You know, I mean, I'll take it. <laughs> I mean, a win is a win. A win is a win, especially at this point of the year. You just gotta get all the wins possible. Four games left for them. Got North Carolina, Duke, number against number 17, Syracuse, and then Wake Forest for the final game of the year. Ending both games, the last two games of the year, both at home. 
home against Syracuse and then home against Wake Forest. So that'll be nice. I think Wake Forest is terrible. Yeah, they're terrible. <laughs> I, I, I kind of put question mark on terrible because I didn't know if they were bad or terrible. If anything, they might be worse than terrible, like complete dumpster fire. Uh, not a single win in conference play. 0 and 14, and then 4 and 22 overall. So. <laughs> Did we play them this year? I don't remember playing them yet. No, so the last game of the year will be the first time uh, we face off against the women's Wake Forest team this year. Kind of like a reverse of how college football teams will schedule, like, you know, just the worst team they can find uh, as the very first game of the year and just beat up on them as like a statement game, you know, come out, huge win, and then really get the season going, just get the guys ready. It's kind of the opposite. It's kind of like, all right, let's just destroy Wake Forest right before the conference tournament, get some confidence and, you know, maybe maybe even some rest here and there. But, you know, just regain some confidence, see some shots fall through, and then try to carry this momentum into uh, into the tournament, which they could carry a nice little seven-game winning streak. They beat North Car- If they beat North Carolina next and beat Duke next, who both – are solid in the conference, but nothing amazing. And then Syracuse will be a tough game because they're 17th now and have been great all year. But then if you can win those three and then you can just destroy and dismantle Wake Forest, that'll be great. That'll be great. That'll get you right now. We're third, pardon me, third in the ACC standings behind Syracuse. So that Syracuse game is actually even bigger than I thought. Half a game back of Syracuse. Uh, Syracuse has a 12 and three conference record. Wolfpack with 11 and three conference record, but, in, but a better overall record than the orange. Um, Wolfpack 23 and three Syracuse 22 and four. So what do we say? A little seven game winning streak into the conference tournament. And then we carry that winning streak through the conference tournament and then through the NCAA tournament. And then boom, next thing you know, champions. Perfect. Great plan. Love it. Awesome. But uh, now their next game is not until Thursday at North Carolina and then Sunday at Duke. And they actually have, you know, just more time here and there. I guess March is close. My God. Wow. Yeah. February 20th. I'm recording this. Oof. Months just already start flying. But back to back to the men's team, just because I'm still kind of, you know, thinking about this loss. Just such a bad loss. Oh, my God. I mean, I didn't have hopes, really, since the uh, – what game was it? I think it was the Virginia game. Or maybe that's – I think it was the Syracuse game, actually, where they never really had a dog in the fight. Uh, I, I, I kind of lost all hope for an NCAA tournament bid. Um. The Clemson win kind of brought me back in a little bit. This is just it just right back to no. Nah, zero chance. If they go 5 and 0 the rest of the way. If they go 5 and 0 the rest of the way in the in the regular season, no way. If they make a decent amount of noise and a decent amount of a decent run in the ACC tournament, I I still don't think so. I just, I just don't think there's any way this team gets in. There's zero. Uh, what is it? Clemson is the only quality win, and maybe Wake Forest earlier in the year. 
but that was a home game and you didn't you couldn't beat them on the road I don't know I don't really know like because because even looking down the down the line into next year right now it's you got you know your top two recruits Paul McNeil and Tremaine Parker but are we just gonna have to do this transfer portal thing again just rely on that, bring in some seniors, bring in some, you know, fifth-year guys, grad-year guys. I mean, for the most part, well, most of the starters, I mean, Horn, Burns, I think Taylor might be a junior, DR, like, uh, most of them are seniors. The rotation and, and, and substitutions are constantly changing. I mean, Jaden Taylor came off the bench tonight, he was starting all year. Dennis Parker was starting all year. He has really seen his... Roll diminished. Cam Woods, nothing. MJ Rice, I at this point, I don't even remember if he was given a red shirt or not. Because he played in the first half of the year. He could have been a red shirt. I have no idea if he was or not. So it's like, I don't know. I really don't know what's going to happen from here. I don't want to get into the whole fire Keats talk. Because like at this point, it just feels repetitive. But I mean... He's not giving you a good argument to keep him. The showing this year isn't really making me think, yeah, maybe, you know, if we just give him more time. Maybe if we just give him, you know, it's more money into recruiting. Because you just need to find guys who, and it's so tough with the transfer portal. If someone doesn't start their very first year, then they're going to get upset and they're going to leave and whatever. It's, it, it's tough to find guys who stay there for four years, three years now. I mean, Tennessee's done it well. They got Ziegler. He's been there forever, I think. Uh, Josiah Jordan-James has been there a while. Adu's been there a while. I think, I mean, Connect is obviously new, but when you have three guys that already have great chemistry together, if you just plug in one more and he's already that skilled and that talented, it's really – it's not that difficult in the end. But, I mean, it's just year after year of just new lineup, and you got to, you know, find new chemistry and go through entirely new, you know, schemes. And and, and tonight it looks like a night where it's just there was zero chemistry and zero effort, especially in the first half. Again, I don't want to keep harping on it, but, like, my God, that first half was just painful. It was painful to watch. It was brutal. It was terrible. It just looked like guys just didn't care. Just bad turnovers, just not thinking straight, not helping on defense. Just help on defense. Just slide. Just rotate. Don't leave a guy who's six for six from three wide open because he's then, then he's going to be seven for seven, and then he's going to be eight for eight, and then he's going to miss one, and the entire gym is going to give you a sarcastic cheer, which actually happened. <laughs> it's, it's never a good feeling, but it's always a little bit funny. Um, I just, I don't know. Maybe I'm just even more down in the dumps and I have even less hope just because of the loss, but it's tough to have hope. It's it, a bad game, a bad game. We got to figure something out. I mean, win the next five, <laughs> not even the next five. You just got to beat Boston college. You got to beat Florida state. You can't lose to Boston College, Florida State, and Pitt. You especially can't lose to Pitt again. Last regular season game of the year. 
And then if you can beat one of North Carolina and Duke, there is that stat, which is, I mean, at one point it was unranked teams against teams in the top, in the AP top 10, when the AP top 10 teams are at home, the unranked teams are like 34 and 32. It was something like that at one point. Maybe, maybe, maybe you take down one of North Carolina and Duke. You're at North Carolina. So maybe that's where that statistic comes in because they're 10th right now. They're on the bubble of the top 10, but they're 10th. I mean, by the time the game is played, it'll be, I think, two new AP rankings from now. So maybe they'll be even higher. Who knows? But maybe you win one of those games, then you go on a heater in the ACC tournament. But this team has shown me nothing all year that makes me think that. It makes me truly believe that. So watching it tonight during the run, right around the 10, 11 minute mark in the second half, thinking, hey, here's that run. You know, we're down by 15. Down by 10, down by 6, down by 4, boom, it's tied, boom, first lead since 2 to nothing, and then you're just waiting for the flame out. You're just waiting for them to, you know, start playing sloppy again. Bad defense, foul a guy. I mean, although Syracuse was making some incredible shots at times, but it just it, it's the same story of down big, make a run, can't keep the run, can't play consistent, flame out, game over, another loss. Tough time. Tough times. Tough times. Although it's almost March. Anything can happen in March. Anything can happen in March. The door is open. Let's put it that way. Statistically, we are not out of the tournament. The door is open. Even if there's even if we're just wedging just a just a pinky toe in there. Just wedging just getting the foot in there. It's open. We're gonna keep it open for now even though there is zero hope. But what are you going to do? Thank you for joining me on another episode of Believe in the Wolfpack, and we'll see you next time.